。喂，你今日饮咗未啊？饮 orange juice， 青红萝卜猪骨汤 ，coffee or tea or me？ 饮橙汁，不如试下饮 coffee bubble tea 啦。Welcome to Coffee Bubble Tea， 欢迎大家收听我哋嘅 podcast。I'm your host Samson， and today we have Joyce Colin。So this time we have Steph back again to chat with us about our language。Uh, last time she joined us for a discussion about Chinese school that helped us to think more about like what we learn and how we learned it and some of our motivation when we're learning Chinese。上一次其实倾倾下呢，就一倾到个 motivation 呢，其实多少少倾到个 upbringing， 或者我哋个即系可能系 family 嘅 environment 啊咁样，咁呢，所以我哋今集其实会讲多啲呢样啊咁，咁诶、嗯、我返咗嚟加拿大一年多少少啦，咁开始发现有样嘢呢，就其实好多喺度出世或者好细个，即系可能一两岁。过嚟嘅人呢，咁原来佢哋识讲中文噶。What I mean is， 以前呢，诶、uh, ，like when I when I when I was when I was in high school， 咁有啲人呢，即係佢哋即係斋讲英文，佢从来唔会同我讲中文。但係呢，即係 later on in life，I found out that they actually know a, a bit of Chinese 咁样，或者识听嘅原来咁。咁样係啦，即係觉得好有趣啊！而調轉返呢，有另外一個情況啦。誒、呃，近呢近呢幾年啦，即係又多咗誒、呃、多返我啲朋友，佢哋嚟到加拿大，咁佢哋嘅仔女呢，都係即係小學咁樣。跟住呢，我啲 friend 就話：，佢哋嚟多咗呢，而家喺屋企佢哋講英文都唔點講中文咁，或者即係同佢哋一齊。睇到啲中文字嘅時候呢，開始好多字真係唔記得啊，咁樣咁呢，誒係啦，咁、呃、所以所以呢、這個即係誒 mother tongue 我哋母語呢樣嘢呢，即係呢個 topic 其實我有陣時都諗嘅，即係誒係啦，即係我都好有興趣啊，咁所以呢，就繼續講呢個關於學中文啊 mother tongue 啊母語呢個 topic 啦、啊，咁。咁好啦，不如我問一問一條問題先啦。誒喺誒 ，from your earliest memory， what was the place of Chinese at home？ Any any vague memory or or 係啦，你記到任何少少嘅片段，你記唔記記得啲咩咧 ？I would say that Chinese had a very important status at home. And 系因为我细个嘅时候，唔系我爸爸妈妈凑我嘛，系我妈妈凑我嘅。咁我妈妈咧，佢移民过嚟呢度咧，佢唔识讲英文噶嘛。咁我我系唯有即系 ，I it's my first language acquisition. So I acquired Chinese from a very young age to be able to communicate with 我妈妈。So it that's why there is that important status at home.、Mm. Like it's it's such an interesting question how you phrase it because I feel like it, like it's just synonymous with home Chinese and home like that's what the language was spoken.、Um, when I was born in Hong Kong, I think my grandparents actually spoke Taiwanese to each other, 
Um, and then my parents would speak Cantonese. But then after coming, it was just me and my parents. And so it was just Cantonese until I got older and started learning English at daycare and at school. Yeah, for me, I think Chinese also played a pretty important role. My parents didn't really speak English like that, or even if they did, it was more like um, my mom just speaking English. So naturally, I just had to kind of adapt and learn how to speak Chinese to them so that we could communicate. Um, and having throughout the years, it's been me really trying to learn more Chinese so that I can translate um, things to help them better understand uh what kind of documents are they receiving, um, you know, paying taxes, bills, like, you know, the whole shebang. Like, it's like I have to kind of uh, adapt into their culture and being able to uh, talk Chinese to them uh, has been important and essential for that to happen. But at home, it was always um, just, I think, something that happened naturally for me. So, Colin, just out of curiosity, by the way you describe it, did you learn Chinese first at home as your first language or was it something else? I think Chinese was definitely what I learned first. Until you went to like school or daycare. Yeah. Until I went yeah. to daycare or uh, school. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I, so I'm trying to imagine the, the childhood home that, uh, in, in relation to Chinese. 咁係唔係嗱即係好多時屋企誒我哋成日聽到啲乜嘢嗰樣嘢都幾significant啦。咁即係例如電視、radio or conversation on the phone and things like that。係唔係喺屋企全部都即係九成都係聽中文㗎？你哋？I I would find it different between each parent. Like I know like if I sat in my dad's car on the way to and from school, it would be like the Chinese radio. But if I sat with my mom's car, she would be listening to CBC. Mm -hmm. Like my mom would oh, keep trying to yeah. improve her English. So even now she's always listening to CBC radio. Um, mm. Yeah. So, so I think it was different. Like with my dad, I growing up, I always just spoke in Cantonese with him because I knew his English was not, he wasn't as comfortable using English. Um, but my mom always kind of said, you know, whatever comfortable language you want to use with me, use it. So I think at, she knew at some point English would become my dominant language of expression. Mm -hmm. So she encouraged me just, you know, keep the communication lines open with whatever language you want to mm. use. I think my experience is pretty much the same with Joyce. Um, since my mom came over to Canada when she was in high school. So her English was definitely uh, way better than my dad's, whose English is um, not very good at all. So uh, it depends on who, which parent I'm with. Then I have to almost like switch like yeah. frequency, wave, uh, frequencies and wavelengths to be able to match and uh, speak. Well, I think resulting from that though has kind of made it so that when I am switching channels, like, you know how in a previous episode we were talking about um, using like a mixed match of like in Cantonese and English when you're speaking. Yeah. I find that that's very hard for me. Like if I'm speaking purely English, then I'm just going full blown English. But if I'm speaking Cantonese, then I find it really hard to be able to like incorporate like English words at 
like when I'm doing that, like I'm either going like, um, it's like black and white for me. Like I don't like switch, mm, okay. uh, like that, like it's hard for me to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. So in academic terms, what Colin, <laughs> you're, you're trying to not do is code switching. So okay. code switching is when you have a linguistic repertoire of the available languages to you. So in your brain, you have these two languages available to you to use. And then you basically use that language based on your audience and the situational context. So Whoa. it's funny how so you cool. don't do that because my studies, like my master's was about people like having to do that, like to, oh. to constantly like code switch all the time. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> it must be like the rarity or <laughs> outlier. <laughs> 都挺不同的,因為中英文撈在香港真的挺common的。我真的我剛剛這句都已經撈了,因為我差不多我是沒有辦法不撈的。I have to really make an effort to to stay in one language. 咁, um, Does that mean like there are some words, certain vocabulary words that just come easier to you in one particular language than the other? Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of uh, Hong Kong movies, they make fun of that too. I just can't do it. It's just so hard for me. Yeah, and anyways, I'm not going to go into that example. Um, (笑) 我我諗我冇得問你哋五歲嘅時候嘅感覺。I think I think what was important was like also being part of a bigger Chinese community and watching my parents use that language with other people who spoke Chinese and just it was yeah, like like I grew up in a church that had quite distinct groups like you were either the english speaking group or the cantonese speaking group and i like with the it was very common that the parents would be part of the cantonese group the kids would be part of the english group um so it was interesting having that community i think without that larger community it would have been a lot harder to sustain the language you wouldn't see as much of a use for it right because it's just to communicate with your family and the the content of those discussions is not always as rich and varied as the quality of conversation you might have mm. with your peers at school. It's just a different way to use the language. Mm. When uh, when about what age maybe when was that that you started to realize or or Taido uh and we talk about different things and so on. When when do you start realizing that? I I can't say. Hmm. Probably as a teenager, much older. Like as as a as a child, you just take it for granted. Our parents yeah. speak Chinese to each other because 
that's what they grew up speaking. We speak English to each other because that's what we grew up here speaking. But yeah, it's hard to say where the splits happened. And mm. yeah. What about for you,、uh, Steph and Colin? When when did you guys start to realize there's this there's this different different identity or different circles that、uh, for for different languages? I think for me, I had an identity struggle when I was like sub sam sorry sub say sorry. Because I'm from childhood, my parents are in the car or they're Like doing when they're doing like Sunday chores, they are very boring. Music, and the children are from the 80s to the 90s. These Hong Kong songs. So I grew up with that, and I really loved it. But when I got to school, other non-Chinese kids, there were I remember there were some bullies there, and they would make fun of me for liking this type of music and not liking the mainstream. What you would listen to on the other Canadian radio stations.、Mm-hmm. So, the, I remember there was this one time, like this period of time when back in high school, I used to like Ting, like Chongmanggo. I just like to search, like to find out, like what are the popular Canadian songs out there.、Mm-hmm. Like that's where I felt that I had an identity struggle. But now I kind of feel like it doesn't matter anymore because who cares what the bullies say.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you start feeling that I don't care anymore? Probably when I was in high school. I just felt like I was so stupid. I didn't want to think about other people. I didn't care about them. I just did myself. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Colin?、Huh? Yeah, I think similar to Steph's、uh, sharing,、mm. I I also had a pretty hard.、Uh, Identity struggle with with trying to figure out、um, who I was as a、uh, as a person with with bicultural like identity, right? Like、um, being Chinese in on one side, and then like also、uh, growing up in a Western society where you know like you go home and you're and you're you're either. Um, you're going home, and, and then you kind of switch, and then you go to school, and then you're switching. So then it was like kind of hard for me to navigate that for, for a long time, actually.、Um, so I didn't figure that out until、um, probably like after university, which was quite late in the game for me. But I think、um, when I started to kind of speak English at school, and that's you, you I, I went to a school that. Didn't have a lot of Asians to begin with. I had a a couple friends who were Asian, but we never really communicated using Chinese. It was all strictly English with you know with everyone else. So、um, I also、uh, went through a period of, of bullying of just trying to、um, figure out like and integrate myself into that、uh, society to be to be kind of accepted.、Um, and in order to do that, I had to I guess. I figured that I needed to kind of give up,、uh, or, or at least、um, pause that sort of、um, like Chinese cultural identity、uh, in that time period to be able to be like, yeah, I should, you know, in order to fit in, talk about the same things, I need to listen to the same music,、um, 
you know, be into the same things, uh, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really even into that stuff. It was just really trying to fit in and belong at, in that, uh, and during that time period. navigating these two, to, to simplify it, there, there's sort of two circles, but probably is more complicated. And language was one of it that, uh, what's, language was one of the main thing that separates them. Would that, would that be accurate? For me, it was language, culture, like not just limited to culture, but like the food I ate, um, the things that I was into, like that sort of thing too. So I, I, like I said, like I was bullied for a certain period. So like even eating the foods or bringing like noodles and, and things that people weren't uh, used to seeing or having like a funky smell, like that kind of thing, right? Like um, that kind of put people off in, in terms of, you know, judging you a bit, being like, oh, I'm not used to that. Um, so therefore uh, you're, what you're doing isn't, socially acceptable um which which really had an impact on me because like uh you just want you just you're just trying to be yourself in terms of what your parents raised you to be too right so then it's like how, how do you take home uh, how do you go home and be like i don't want this i just want like a sandwich you know like or, or whatever else other people are eating like lunchables and stuff like that <laughs> yeah i think this this adjustment sort of 即是叫做在我們自己身上發生的 but it, it also really impacts uh, 我們身邊,我們父母啊 uh, how they, they 即, how do they 重新認識我們 或者 how they go through with us 你另外你記不記得其他 were there any other situations you really remember about this uh, sort of restructuring, remodeling, rebelling phase. You know, any kind of memories of that phase? I think for me, in terms of rebelling, my Chinese identity was when I st started studying the Romance languages, so Spanish and French in university, because I never went into immersion. I didn't do French immersion. I did core French. And it was hard for me to be a native, non-native speaker in those classes mixed with the native speakers. So during my first year and second year of university, it was a bit hard because at one point I kind of asked myself, why was I born Chinese? How could I even ask myself that? Then I asked someone who was struggling academically learning two different languages i asked myself that question why could i not be born french or why could i not be born spanish and then have a better advantage in learning those languages and then of course i get to that point where in third year university i'm like ah i don't care anymore that kind of thing. yeah 好,咁呃,係啦,我咁喺即係喺呢啲喺呢啲過程裡面呢,你嘅家人啊,佢哋點係啦,即係我哋頭先Joyce有少少講過啦,即係有有媽媽set,呃,you know,keep I think it was kee
what about what about you guys? How how did uh how did your or, or even relatives too? How did they take that suddenly? 去去到某个年纪，你系成日讲英文啊，翻到嚟唔点唔中意讲中文啊，等等。What was that like for for your, your family or relatives? Um, hold on, I had I had a thought, but then、uh, my mind just I went can, blank. I yeah, <laughs> I know. Like my aunt has expressed regret that I don't speak or read or write Chinese more fluently than I do. Right, like right now in the mental health field, having Mandarin, having like solid Chinese skills is really a plus because there's so many people who speak that language and are not as fluent in English. And so, yeah, like I do regret、uh, not being able to support this group as well as I could because I just don't have those language skills. So, yeah, I think now there is some like, oh, I wish I. Learned it more. Wish I used it more. I think in terms of support, because because Tao Xin Sanson, he is describing how like during our rebellious phase, we may not be like speaking Chinese at home. But I almost got that experience. Like I, I there, yeah, there was that part where I only listened to English songs. But I like in terms of communication, although I would use Chinese. With my parents, so maybe that's why they never really figured out that oh, there was something wrong with Stephanie. <laughs> and and like to be honest, like I knew that if I stopped using Chinese, I just wouldn't be able to communicate with my dad and my aunt and my grandma. Like it was just, it would just mean like cutting off relationships. So it never ever crossed my mind that oh, I should stop using Chinese. 咁 Joyce 佢其實咧，你識講中文咧，佢哋會唔會錫你多啲啊？即係譬如你封禮時，封禮時有幾多 grandkids in in my on the maternal side of my family， and I know more Chinese than my brother， so <laughs> <laughs> no， they they like it 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 all balances out like 中下中男輕女 ，like I、mm. I might speak more Chinese， but he's the boy， so、mm. oh. um I don't think I've ever Really communicated to my parents how that sort of identity crisis I was dealing with. So they, I don't think they never they they I, well, even today they don't know that what I went through was what I went through, right? In terms of trying to navigate things, because、um, I I don't I just didn't think that they would understand because it, it's it's kind of a unique kind of、uh, situation. Um, for some of us,、uh, at least a lot of、uh, local-borns who have that sort of、um, ex- uh, story, I guess, behind it, where you know, like you are,、uh, you you have another ethnicity, and then you're also in a Western kind of、uh, living situation. So I never really like talked to them about it, just because I didn't think it was、uh, really necessary. I guess I I'm think like I have. Like I've got some thoughts now that we've been talking about this topic for a while, and I think like, like Samson, what's really cool is like I almost feel like you're like as a bilingual person, you're like equally skilled in both languages. You can read in both languages, speak comfortably, write in both languages. Whereas I think for me and Colin, like because we grew up, and maybe Stephanie, I don't know. 
but like because we grew up in Canada, there we like we're we're given a bit more slack. It's almost as if if you do know Chinese, it's like wow, like that's a really great thing. When I go back to Hong Kong and like sit with someone on the tram and strike up a conversation, and they find out, oh, you're from Canada, oh, your Chinese is really good. It's almost as if they assume you won't have it, and when you do have it, it's like wow, good for you for having that. Um, so yeah. yeah, like I remember. Like as a child going to a McDonald's with my grandparents who do not speak English, and my grandma intentionally lined up in the line where there was like a Chinese, <laughs> Chinese-looking person at the cashier, and she goes up there and she starts confidently ordering in Chinese, and the lady is like, "Sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about." And so, like as this kid, I'm like, "Oh, my grandma wants like this stuff," yeah. and I'm explaining, yeah. and my grandma was devastated. She was like. How can these Chinese people not speak their own language? And I think that that was actually a huge lesson for me, being like, okay, even if I work at McDonald's someday, I need I gotta to, be know. Able to take an order in Chinese. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I get that sometimes too. It's like people are almost surprised that like. You know how to speak Chinese. It's like, oh, your Chinese is really good, and you're born here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, and then I explain to them the whole story. It, it, this isn't. This is a pretty common occurrence, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, like whenever I'm at a cross, meeting new people, or um, just uh, a church, and uh, you know, I t- like I tell them, like, I speak to them in, in English, but then I suddenly switch, and then it's almost like you see their face change. That's cold switching. You just did it, Paul. Yeah. So you then it's, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I code switched. <laughs> Next level I talk to somebody. Um and, and then it's and then I have to explain to them again, right? So it's it's a yeah. I don't know, like I guess people nowadays almost have this expectation that because you're born here, you might not like know how to speak Chinese. Um and I guess that might be true, like we were talking about for for some who who unfortunately don't have that opportunity to practice it uh, uh very often now but i think um for me at least from I, I don't know how others feel but like i think it it's hard to understand why you um need to know this and then later on in life you, you kind of look back at least for me now when i'm looking back i'm like oh i'm so glad that i had that opportunity to to be able to to do that like um with my parents and and, and just really embrace my cultural identity as what it is and hoping to be able to pass that on to the next generation as much as I can, I guess. So, so speak, speaking about the next generation, like I'm wondering if what you guys have like ideas about when it's time to raise your own kids, like what expectations do you have for their learn language learning? Would you send them to Chinese school? Would you have expectations for them to speak Chinese? 我都唔知啊，其实我我冇乜 expectations 嘅 ，to to be growing up in Canada then， 啊、uh, ，即系要我有阵时，我觉我会觉得 is a burden to have to learn your parents language， 啊、uh, ，I don't want to I don't want it to become a burden for for a child。Are you I guess like is there ever the fear that there that the Our cultural, our cultural like identity or like our language is ever like lost if we don't continue it. I fear that. 
I really do. Like, I think because my daughter does not, I don't speak Chinese to her. Like, she speaks English very well, and now she's learning French. But like, yeah, I it's a huge hole kind of in in how I feel. Like, I always wanted my children to know Chinese and learn Chinese. Um, but yeah, it it isn't turning out the way I imagined. And I know, oh, like there's some amazing people who learn Chinese in order to teach their children Chinese. And mm-hmm. that's not me. And mm. yeah, like it's just learning to juggle. Like there's so many things that you want your kids to know and learn. And it for me, it'll be sad that like, yeah, like my she'll never be able to speak to her great grandma because just the languages mm. are so different. 其实你觉得不觉得对于Cantonese是好像 for the future generations是好像没有希望的吗？Especially how even like Statistics Canada it shows that there's fewer Cantonese speakers like every five years. I I think you have that negative attitude towards Cantonese. It's it's not that I don't want her to learn, but I think in the in the overall arching scheme of like, okay, what are the life skills I need to pass on? Where do I spend time investing my time and effort in? Like, yeah, like I think the the support for language learning isn't there for me at this time. Is it limited to just Chinese though? Or is it like other like Dialect, languages too? I think in other immigrant families. Yeah. yeah. That's just the question, I guess. I I think for me, um I have two options. So it's either I try my best to do as much as I can in terms of what I've been passed down to, and uh, I need to take more of an effort to learn Chinese alongside with my with my children so that I can also um, teach them the way that my parents taught me in what I can really do. And then I'll leave it rest the rest of it to um, the teachers who can provide that support. Or... I find a partner and then hopefully they can just do all the work for me. I think that's very efficient. See?That's another thing you can do. That's Come true. on, boy, sit down and listen to this stuff. <laughs> and then you start blaring and singing while driving. <laughs> well, well, if I might add, I was speaking to um, our previous guests from Wonder Pens, and what they say is their kids only watch TV in Mandarin. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So and if they, they want to can... watch it, they have to learn the language. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 那不如最后一个问题啦。What about for you guys? Like,嗯,对我来说,中文是什么呢? sometimes changes, like what its place in my heart or in my life and so on. 那,对,你们刚才有说过,可能十几岁的时候,attitude又不 so what about now? Like what's what's Chinese to you guys now? Relationship, family relationship. I think without that language, um, just the depth of 
communication would be so different. So I'm grateful that even if I cannot fully express myself in Cantonese, I'm able to encourage someone trying to speak to me that, hey, use use Cantonese if that's easier for you. And if I don't understand, I'll ask you. So I think I really appreciate just that basic level of of oral communication. So my roots, opportunities. It's really good for networking. So as Joyce and Colin have you both were talking about how when people have that expectations, like the assumptions, and for you to be an outlier and to challenge those stereotypes for the older generations when they're like really surprised that oh you speak, it in a way it's kind of like it's giving hope that there are people that can challenge that stereotype that no, you guys ask CBCs, you can speak Cantonese and you can communicate. Um, so that's why I feel it's I think for me, it's about connection and relationships as well. Um, like I was talking about earlier, I think at some point in your life, you, at some point in my life, uh, and I've only recently started to do this, is really kind of embrace uh, what your cultural heritage and your identity is, and really just going back to understanding um, what that all means to you. Because when you're younger, you just kind of want to play along. You just want to fit in with this, with your friends and everything. And for me, like I said, like that was something I had to really uh, dig deep uh, in my later years to understand what that all meant. And I think it's important to be proud of where you are from, your cultural heritage. Um, you know, you, you were you were born Chinese, um, and in my case, I only even probably recently found out that I might be like uh, half Vietnamese. I don't know. Right. So, I mean, those are such important things to understand and love about uh, where you're from, the food you eat and everything that goes uh, into making the person you are. There's no really separating out of it because it is what it is. So you might as well kind of embrace it and uh, forget about what, um, what everyone else has to say about that if they don't uh, agree. But it's not an easy lesson to learn because you're young, so you don't really know what that means. Um, and even more so, I think, is the fact that for me, it's not that I fit into one particular category, but I think um, I'm going to be somewhere in the middle, I think, where I'm kind of both Western and East, um, I guess, uh, Eastern. So, it's kind of like my own category where I'm going to be able to find others uh, like, like me and really kind of connecting with them to understand what that all means. Yeah. So thank you to our guest and co-host. Um, I think to, to borrow some of uh, you guys words, I think uh, it's, it's another layer to our identity and, 
to how we can communicate with each other. Uh, whether it's, uh, 无论系我哋讲同一个 dialect 啊，即系广东话又好，诶、uh, 或者系我哋同样，诶、uh, people who uh embrace or explore our mother tongue as well. It might be, you know, people of other ethnicity as well. We we are we we can all be people who are interested and and treasure our roots. And I guess um, it's as our lives stage as we get older become there. There is some fine tuning to how we relate to other people with the same language or same background. So yeah, again, from from our from our conversation here is、uh, be comfortable with whatever phase or、uh, situation you're in,、uh, whether you're at a time that you really want to dig into so-called mainstream English speaking or culture, or maybe you're at a time that you're starting to loop 1970s Canto Pop. 你係開始唔介意人笑你啦，你覺得咦點解好過癮喎？呢啲嘢真係係啦，咁樣咁多謝晒幾位啦。咁對其實對我嚟講，我中我寫中文其實幾差㗎。即係我諗，即係 even in people in Hong Kong， 即係佢哋所謂又又中文又叻，又中文英文又叻，或者可以同時講嘅中文又唔係好叻，英文又唔係好叻嘅，即係 it's another kind of struggle。Um, but for myself, I think I do take Cantonese or Chinese language for granted in some ways. And to hear you guys talk about it, 即系去你哋去中文班系真系学嘢噶嘛？我嗰阵时去中文班系倾偈嘅啫，真系去咁。所以诶 ，it it gets me thinking about uh the language as well.、Mm. Yeah, so 多谢晒几位啦。咁多谢晒听众，诶、uh, ，thanks for listening to our episode today. And yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll have Steph back again later on. And yep, follow us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us on、uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we'll see you again next week. Uh, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.